look, this is all a mistake. I'm just a compound interest program. I work at a savings and loan. I can't play these video games. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing directors and producers of the documentary, No Princess in the Castle, Natalie Rossetti and Dave Denzera. And we'll continue our summer book recommendations based on your destination of choice. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. Today we have with us the directors and producers of No Princess in the Castle, Natalie Rossetti and Dave Danzara. No Princess in the Castle is a new documentary on the lives of women in gaming who, against all odds, punched through the peripheral shadows and entered the gaming world center stage. Dave has a BA in illustration and the director and producer of the Video Craze documentary. Natalie's degree is in film and electronic arts, and she was an editor for the CW pilot Fly Girls and videographer and editor on the Video Craze documentary. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. We're Thank happy you. to be here. Yes, we are. Celebrate. <laughs> we love having enthusiastic guests. It makes our job easier. <laughs> It oh. helps that we're drinking a bunch of tea and coffee we're, as we speak. Yeah, too. we're caffeine addicts. So. <laughs> I'm there with you. Yeah, um, so is Rhonda. We're we're recording a, a little late for Rhonda today. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rhonda, for staying yeah. up late for us. We that. Sure. Oh, no problem. So, why don't you guys tell us um, how you met? Go oh, ahead. How did I meet you? I don't know. <laughs> Where well, did you come from? <laughs> well, um. My husband met him through another friend. So uh, we've known each other since we were 20, which was, what, a year ago, Dave? Yeah, I think it was a year yeah, ago. Yeah, it was like a, no, uh, it was a <laughs> lot longer than that. It's been over a decade. We've been friends, and we um, we actually lived kind of really close to each other for a while. And then I was working up, in like, further away, and then I, you know, did something crazy. I quit my job to do this for some reason, and I ran into him at the mall, and I was like, <laughs> Dave, are you still working on that video craze that you've been trying to work on for four years? And he said, yes, I am. I need some help. I'm like, I'm here to help you. So it just kind of took off from there. Yeah. Awesome. And I've been strangling him ever since. She has. (laughs) It's been really fun. Like, uh, we gel really well together. Yeah, because we're so alike. Yeah, we are a lot alike. It helps. Except for our spazzy moments. It doesn't help that we're alike. But most of the time, it it does help that we are very similar in character. So um, we have a lot of fun together. Yeah. Well, Natalie, you're the one who tends to strangle Dave. Does that mean you're like the the herder of cats in the the (laughs) partnership? Yeah, I'm like the big sister. I just put up with it. (laughs) Definitely have a sibling, um, sibling relationship. And uh, I'm also very bossy in nature. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm Italian Portuguese. So, we'll, you know, he, he doesn't have a prayer. I just, I just <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Italian and Irish. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got that same kind of hot headed thing going on. Right, right. You better not drink. Uh, no. <laughs> That's definitely on both sides of the family. <laughs> so, when did you guys uh, found the White Willow Films Company? That was. Going, it's going on two years now. Before that, I had like done um, just a uh, company on my own called uh, Vector Invader Productions, and that was with the video craze. And halfway through the video craze, I started um, this uh, White Willow Films doc, or White Willow Films uh, <laughs> with uh, another partner. His name was Robert, and then he moved away, and that's when the transition with uh, Natalie came in. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Then we just kind of finalized it all. Like right. we just went, hey, let's let's make this legit. Yeah, develop the LLC. And then we did the LLC, and then went fifty-fifty on it. Mm-hmm. So. And then started going really hardcore on getting the video craze completed yeah. in a very, very, very short amount of time. Yep. So. So you're running a full-time uh, film company and then doing the documentary. Yeah, that's what we do in yes. our spare time for fun. <laughs> <laughs> between, our, between our families, because we both 
have two. Uh, I have two young children, yeah. and he does as well. So we're juggling jobs and projects. other jobs and projects yeah. and children and films on top of it. So we we uh, we sleep very little, but it's yeah. very enjoyable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That takes a great amount of dedication to get a schedule like that to work. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of passion. <laughs> yeah. Just have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially since it's between the two of you, <laughs> that you're both challenged with that. Yeah, and, and everything's all on us. We really don't have any help. It's just the two of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All. So it's definitely a lot of late nights, mm-hmm. but very, you know, we're very enthusiastic about it. So I'd say that sounds kind of familiar, but um, Ron and I have kind of expanded and have a little bit more support network now. <laughs> That's what we hope for the future. Yeah. We have people trying to ask us for work. We're like, yeah. we need more work before we can give you guys work. Right. So. Right. <laughs> well, what, what does White Willow Films do then? What, your day job? Uh, we are wedding videographers. We also do freelance anything. Freelance yeah. any video freelance. I mean, jobs. if you want a music video done, we'll do it. Yeah. If you want. Okay. You like know, dances, most, uh, galas, you know, yeah. any kind of dance events. We we dabbled short in films, stuff like, like that. that mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So we're like a full production company. Yeah. Just awesome. we have our own equipment, and mm-hmm. we just do whatever we can get our paws on. Basically. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, did I see on your website that one of your wedding videos went viral? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh, that's 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 like uh, hitting bingo, isn't it? <laughs> it, is. it is, but we didn't really get much work out of it. So. But it was still fun. It was yeah. fun to watch though because it went on um, Good Morning America yeah. and Time Magazine picked it up, which yeah, was, it was pretty, pretty crazy stuff. The, oh wow. Yeah, the 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 guy who actually performed is the creator of the Fosters on ABC Family. So he's definitely a big person in the industry. So we got really lucky to work with him, and and mm-hmm. that that was his. It was all real. People thought it was fake, but yeah, it, it was a hundred percent real. I wasn't even prepared for it, and we weren't prepared filming. for it at all. Yeah. We, and I, you know, we just got tossed into it. There was no room to film. So yeah. the fact that we got it on film was a miracle in itself. Right. So what what was it that happened in the video? Um, well, he what he does is a long speech, but we had to cut that down. So he does a speech, and then he just talks about how him and the bride have had this bond with Britney Spears, and then he breaks into this huge decadent dance where he's like kind of lip syncing to the song. And it's it's whole dance crew comes in. The whole da- professional dancers come in. They pretend to be waiters, and they like throw their champagnes and they start dancing and. <laughs> this huge song and dance it was really well done yeah it was glee but without it was more like lip syncing i got a free show (laughs) hey yeah yeah that's never a bad thing (laughs) yeah see that's what i was going to ask you because those dancers did not look like typical groomsmen and bridesmaids no they weren't they were okay they were all hired by uh the best like he was the best man not the best man the best He's on the, the bride side, so yeah. Who knows what he was. <laughs> which made it which made it even more interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a he was wonderful to work with. Very fun. So yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys did a great job considering you didn't know what was going to happen. Right, because we right. were all shoved on one side of the room and shuffled around. So yeah, it's definitely a challenge, but you know, we made the best of it. Yeah. Very good editing. Very good. Yeah, spent a long time on the editing because yeah. we had the choreographic guy come in and tell us what to cut out so it didn't look like there was any mistakes. Right. So it was, oh. <laughs> it was really a long haul, but it turned out fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. Well, for our listeners who are not familiar with your first documentary, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the video craze? Okay, I'll start. Um, this probably, is Dave's baby, so he's going to yeah. tell you mostly. <laughs> it kind of it stems from when I was a really little kid, and I'd go to the arcade um, well, let me just tell you what it's about first. It's it's a documentary on on the pretty much the lives of these people that lived the, through the arcade at, at its boom, at its height. You know, it's the limelight stage and um, like the tagline suggests. Where yeah, were like where were you in '82? So it's like where where were you? And and so it's like it's taking on these, it's showing these people what they remembered um, in the arcade and their memories and what they're doing about it like right now. Is it is it you know still alive? And it is because people are still collecting them and bringing them into their home mm-hmm. and making themselves an arcade to relive that memory. So, and now you see barcades all over, like, you know. It's a big it's, trend in it's California. It's starting to come and, around now. So. Mm-hmm. Portland. But, yeah. but how it began was um, my childhood, really, my dad would take me to the arcade. And when I was like, you know, six, 
six and seven, eight years old, um, I, I remember vividly um, him taking me and we play games. And I remember the, you know, the smells and the, the lights and the action, the people and people lined up everywhere. It was just being a kid. It was just like, just you being awe, like it was a candy store there, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so with that, like I, as I get, got older, I, I was able to buy them myself and relatively cheap. And um, I started becoming a collector myself. And then I started getting into uh, this, the wedding business, with my dad, and my sister. Um, so on my free time, I'd go to these people's houses and film and kind of learn the editing software. And, yeah, because you didn't know any of yeah, that. Yeah, I was, was just, on iMovie. I was just kind of doing my own thing and learning from myself. Right. And I just had a lot of passion for both. And as time went on, I started, people say, hey, you should keep going and do more with it. And so I did and had um, some more help um, come along. And uh, then with Natalie coming along to finish it, it took a lot, like about three and a half years total um, to eventually finish it. So And then uh, we edited the whole thing in like four yeah, months. Yeah, about four months. I mean, with all wow. the footage, that was three and a half years of footage. Wow. Hmm. Um, I barely had any editing done. Like there was, there was some rough, oh my goodness. but I had to redo a lot of it to make the story change. And it just, as you go on, you know, stories change, but yeah, um, it took, yeah, it took three and a half years. And the last five, five months was the, Hey, let's get it done. I can't go on anymore. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, for what it is, I, I it, it also was a fundraising type thing. We did it on Kickstarter. It generated 12.7. Um, so what it, with what we got, um, I'm pretty happy with what the results were. So. Right. And that was our first big project that we've ever done. Yeah. So we've definitely learned a lot. It's, become, it's well. become kind of a cult film, too. Yeah. Like it's, it's amazing what people... It's gone international. Yeah, it's gone international and people yeah. are enjoying it. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. Well, that must be nice um, to have put that much time and have it be such a passion project and to yeah. have it have that kind of success. Right. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Right. Okay. So how can people um, get a chance to see it? Um, you can actually order it online on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital download. And that's on VectorInvaderProductions.com, which is V-E-C-T-O-R-I-N-V-A-D-E-R, and then Productions.com. Cool. Off of that site. Mm-hmm. Or you can just look on it through the video craze um, on Facebook, and you right. can get a lot of info on that, too. Oh, okay, good. Cool. And I didn't realize that video craze was done on Kickstarter as well. Yes, yes, that was the first um, attempt on uh, doing a fundraiser. We're, I was going to do Indiegogo, but um, I heard there's just not enough, not enough traffic, so I just began with that. Yeah. So yeah, and there was enough um, fun and passion involved that we wanted to do another film. Yeah, we're crazy <laughs> so, enough to do. I mean, <laughs> yeah. passion. Yeah, it's, it was just way too much fun. And and plus, we've developed our, we've, we've worked on our skills. Yeah. So we know we can do 100% better aesthetically. Yeah. Right. And if we had enough, the more more funds we have, right. obviously, we're going to get the more tools and more. Right. And we want to do, we want to go international as yeah. well. Right. So that's, that's a big thing for us. We're trying to, mm-hmm. we're trying to currently book our international cast. Yeah. So we can have a variety. Yeah, we're still working on a, on a few more um, people to add and. Right. Look at so. Well, I taught. I I was self-taught audio editor for the podcast when we first launched it, and I know what it takes to like teach yourself something like that. Right. And there's a lot of cheating you can do when you do audio editing that you can't do when you do video editing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So I can I can you know thoroughly appreciate the the energy and effort that it takes to kind of teach yourself that and take that much. And I also, you know, did a project that was two years of inter- interviews. So I know what it's like to have like that basis of information and then try to make sense out of it. So yeah. right, building a story out of nothing. is mm-hmm. like just an idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's how you do it. I yeah. Mean, you, don't, you don't have a script to yeah. follow. Right. Yeah. So you have an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So is it partially, so, so the video craze is about kind of the nostalgia of, Yes. gaming arcades is that part of what kind of drives gaming as a theme for you guys as as producers and directors um i i, I would think so i mean there's a lot of things i'm passionate about mm-hmm. just, yeah that's number one for me was um i'm just a big nostalgic kind of guy that um loves pop culture and 
the eighties and then the arcade video games, just all that whole, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, that's me. Hmm. But I'm, I'm also a very big music passionate right. kind of guy too. Right. So. And that's probably going to be a future project. That's probably a future project. Because you're both project. very passionate about yeah. music. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I can kind of see those intersecting, but not at the same time. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. So the next project, you've already mentioned that um, you're crazy enough to jump into another documentary, and that's how I heard about you, was No Princess in the Castle. So was this an idea that you got while you were making the video craze, or did this idea come up some other way? It, it actually was in the middle of the video craze when, well, three quarters in, towards the end of the and I went to the to this event called the Kong Off, um, and I think it was the Kong Off too. It was in Colorado, and um, I was shooting there to you know to finish the video craze. And I met up with Kat Despera, and we we've been friends for you know over two years now. And this is our writer, by the yeah, way. Yeah, this is our writer, Kat Despera, and she used to work for Retrocade, and she's a writer for various magazines and articles and publishers and all that. Anyway, she she we hit it off. We're like good friends and. She uh, kind of said, you know, what, what do you think of doing in the in the future? And um, she's all, you know, I was thinking, what if you did something uh, about women in, in the gaming and something that, you know, you can show uh, their trials and feats and all this. And I'm like, hey, that's yeah. that's really cool idea. And, and um, I guess people have tried it and done it before and they, you know, got ridiculed, shot down, um, you know. It, uh, and we'll go more into to why because um, even doing this, we've, we've had the sim- similar backlash of why are you doing something um, on only women and not men involved and yeah, misconstruing the whole yeah, concept. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I got I, that with my dissertation research as well. So I, <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's like you can, when you're doing uh, just as a, uh, what am I trying to say here? You know, you could do a documentary on, on, um, on shoes. And I've said this before. And if you do it only on Reebok um, and not have Nike in it, but you're only, this is a Reebok film, you know, this is, this is for the shoes on Reebok and people are going to say, why didn't you do Nike? Why, why don't you have Nike in there or Skechers or whatever you want to say? And you get ridiculed for that. I mean, it's a documentary of women in gaming, not men in gaming. So, um, I could see why people would get upset, you know, Hey, um, they could see it in a certain way. Like why are you leaving out certain, why are you leaving out men in general? Well, in gaming documentaries, it's usually, spotlight is only men mm-hmm. and um you, you kind of left out the voices of the women that are actually some of them are, are bigger than the men that have been documented right um and it's just like i don't see and, and even the people that aren't um educated in gaming they don't they see it as a men's mm-hmm. uh sport or a yeah. men's idea or men, anything in men's it's just right. it's just been that way it's just kind of that and people are calling us radical feminists which i <laughs> It's really crazy to me. Like it, that just shows you why it needs to be made. Right. right. It gives us more power to it's, do it. We're like, oh, right. now we really need to get this done because people are calling us crazy feminists. It's, and it's amazing. It's and a really amazing. We're, you know, just taking, trying to take us down however they can yeah. by hating us online or making podcasts or right. you know making videos on YouTube. Like, don't support this film. They're a bunch yeah. of crazy. There's so many people out there that are. Just they don't want this film made, so that makes us really want to make it. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy, but because we're not at all uh, slandering men, slandering certain types of people. It, this is just, hey, we want you in this film because you've done this, this, and this. So tell us your story. Yeah, and we're not trying and to sexualize these women. No. we're not doing anything. We're staying pretty neutral. Yeah, we're just so showcasing. You know, if people want if people want to assume. Go ahead, you know, but... Well, you can't do anything about what people are going to assume. It's exactly right. Ridiculous is part of the territory, and we're definitely used to that. Yeah. So. I, but, I was amazed to, to see it. I knew I was prepared that it was going to be something like that because of other films trying to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed at the same time because of what we have said before we even put out the Kickstarter and what we've been trying to do as far as the, the layout and, and letting people know... Uh, that this film isn't going to be uh, what you guys are thinking. It, it's just, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to, uh, to put that all together, but getting all that backlash was, you know, it was, weird. it was hard to see, but at the same time, this is why it needs to be done. Right, uh, yeah. So. Like you said, that's good proof that you're, you're, you know, you're on the right track. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm speechless because I just can't. I mean, it's a documentary. It's just you pick your subject. It's not. It's not like that. Um, I, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm really shocked that you got any type of feedback like that at all. I mean, that's just. And this guy was. We had one guy in particular that was stopping at nothing but to take us down. Yeah, it was sad. He had yeah. way too much time on his hands, and he would just blast us all. And, and it, it comes and down to because he doesn't like certain people that are involved. Well, you know, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's just Petty. All, yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, I'm glad you got funded then. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the rest of them. Yeah. We're definitely very grateful for being funded. You yeah. Know. We've met a lot of cool people um, along the way with this project as well. Mm-hmm. Still meeting new people. And I, I can't wait to, you know, dive in more with um, meeting the, the women that we're going to be uh, interviewing yeah. and see what happens. So, yeah. So, the idea for the film is really very simple. I mean, you're just interviewing the women who are gamers. Right. right. Well, not just gamers. Well, they, they're all gamers. But um, we're also like, you know, it's going to be, you know, writers, gaming gaming writers or um, oh, cool. um, what else? Um, software developers. Software developers. Uh, oh, awesome. Designers. Um, composers. Music composers music for composers video for games. Music composers for video games. Singers. Um, everything. It, just... It's not just people that are playing games. Yeah, it's... This, Women involved in the industry in every shape and form. Yeah, it's women in gaming, really. It's just, right. um, you know. The even, brains behind. Yeah, even people mm-hmm. that have designed uh, microchips and augmented reality, like it, like Jerry Ellsworth. Um, so we're glad that, that we have awesome. her. So, yeah, it's cool. How'd you make the contacts to, to meet or to find people, to find the women who are working in the industry and doing these jobs? Lots of different ways. We, we uh, researched and also with Kat Despera and, and Patrick Scott Patterson, who is also co-writing. Um, they're familiar with a lot of these women already. Um, so, and then, you know, I have a little bit of familiarity. Ah, say that word again, I can't. Um, <laughs> anyway, you know, I, I kind of have an idea of who to approach and stuff, and I'm friends with some of them, but um, that's kind of how it all began. It was just a knowing the right people like Capispera, Patrick Scott Patterson, right. and researching and um, even some even came to us about it and heard about it. So, um, yeah, it, it's hard to, to pick and choose because there's a lot of people we'd love to have in it. Um, we're actually still hope, hopeful that we're getting a certain couple other people that we really want in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's nice when you can uh, when you can network like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we well, talk to oh god oh go ahead I was just gonna say when we talked to um uh, the director of one Wonder Women, which was a, a documentary about like what what Wonder Woman means to you know different women, she was talking about how how long it took her to get to Linda Carter, <laughs> 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 and it took a while. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the more exposure we get, the better chances we have. Mm-hmm. Right. Getting- that we want yeah but so we're pretty happy with who we do have and we're very blessed to have the cast and crew that are behind us yeah we have you know we we're we're picking and choosing and it's like we can't have everyone in the film and it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to to know what to do until you actually start filming them and Mm -hmm. and, and see what you come up with yeah because it's not just Mm going to be um talking heads on the film it's going to be there's going to be storyline as well right and, it's actually organically happens yeah. after we go through our footage and we start talking yeah who, who do we highlight who do we put in as, right you know, the right. Interesting things. right so, yeah what surprises do you find as you as you're filming exactly mm-hmm. cool well the your kickstarter got uh funded in may of this year right yes correct mm-hmm. very excited i was very excited to be a part of that thank you uh, Cool. Thank you. Uh, so, what can um, what can your um, donors expect? Do you, what kind of timeline do you guys have on the film? Is it open ended, or have you got a goal? Our, well, we kind of have a goal of let's get this done by January 2016. If, we, can, if we can do it sooner, awesome. We're gonna try. But, yeah. Because we're already starting to book our travel. Yeah. So nice. the sooner the better. The sooner the better for us. I mean, we, we're just we're spent, but we want you know we want to. We want to enjoy it, so mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Nice. You know that what they ought to do is um, premiere it at um, PAX or DragonCon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be cool. 
they have a they have a film track specifically at Dragon Con. In fact, mm-hmm. um, track, just, for, just for filmmaking, but um, that, that's in Hot Atlanta. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. And it's generally the same weekend as PAX. So, <laughs> yeah, it's the same weekend as PAX Prime. So that's um, August October. When is that? August. August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's always Labor, Labor Day. Day weekend. Always. Yeah. Yeah, it will be hot, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very hot. I, and it, it's so funny that it's that con has such a high percentage of cosplayers mm-hmm. in yes. such a miserable place to be cosplaying. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Melting your costume. Exactly. Up. Your makeup <laughs> running in your Oh, yeah. There oh. You go. It's <laughs> easily, easily 80 to 90% cosplay. Yeah. Oh. Wow, okay. I thought you were going to say 80 or 90% humidity. That's <laughs> too. I know, all right. <laughs> Someone's always wearing some kind of costume. Yeah. Something, always. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we've kind of established that you guys are gamers. Yeah. So what, what kinds of games do you tend to play now? When you have time, I, as I can't imagine you have much, but... I know, I know. For me, I'm always into the Castlevania stuff, and it doesn't matter what game of Castlevania, I just like Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the Demon Souls and Dark Souls um, series. Um, those I really love. Um, what else do I like? And then my son, like he, he's really into the, the Mario Brothers stuff um, mm-hmm. uh, with the DS and the, and the Wii U. So I, I generally, you know, like doing those kind of things. Like even Mario Kart's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then as far as anything else, I, I really don't know. I, that's pretty much it. Um, I like the old school arcades. You know, yeah, like, and that's pretty much all I'm into is classic arcades and classic Nintendo. Yeah. And Mario Brothers. And I'm more of the classic Contra. guy. Yeah, if it's, I'm more classic. If it's new, sure. it's going to be the, the Castlevania and the Dark Souls series. Interesting. So. Interesting. Yeah. So we wouldn't catch you guys playing Candy Crush on your tablets? No. 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 <laughs> yeah, maybe Tetris. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, rocking it old school. <laughs> That's we funny. so vintage. I know. <laughs> yeah. Retro, uh, like they say in Wreck-It Ralph, um, retro yeah. means old but cool. Exactly, yep. Yes. My daughter loves that movie. It's one of her favorite films. Yes, I can appreciate that. It's a great, it's a great movie. Yeah. So you guys, so I'm. Um, do you play any games that have avatar creation process? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess Demon Souls and Dark Souls kind of has that. Right, um, where you have selection choices. Yeah, yeah, right. That's this. I love the RPG action kind of stuff. So creating your own character is mm-hmm. really cool. Um, what's the other one that I was playing? Um, Dragon something. Um, not Dragon Age. It was. Um, Gosh, it's from Capcom, and I can't remember the title. Hmm. Um, wow, I'm totally blanked on it. Anyway, it was it's similar, but you, you mm-hmm. pick your own um, skill and your attributes and points, and I like that whole system kind of thing. So. Yeah, that adds a lot of depth to gaming. Yeah. 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 What, what kinds of choices do you make with the characters that you play? Um, something that I relatively would not be. Like, if I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a thin person or, you know, me personally, so I, I pick, you know, either a built-up kind of guy that's, you know, different, or sometimes yeah, I'll even play a women, women mm-hmm. thing role. So really, yeah. And it's wig while he's doing it. Was what? <laughs> while you do while you're playing the game, put on a wig. Oh yeah, yeah. I put on a wig and yes, <laughs> right. the character. Well, that's that's what we out there now. Do a little performance as you're <laughs> as you're gaming. Uh, no, but it, I mean, I I'd pick anything that looks cool, really. Mm-hmm. So more just looking at the aesthetic, or you know, the partially about gameplay and partially about what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit of both. Cool, interesting. So you guys had a chance to look at least at the gamer types. I did not. Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I did not. I'm All right. Sorry, don't I briefly, me. I briefly looked at it and I took the quiz, the avatar quiz. Okay. okay. And basically, I was. You know, I can't remember what I was. I had a title. <laughs> I did it so quickly. But it, basically somebody who likes the story. Right. Yeah. So, the, um, role player. Is the... That's it. That's the one I got. Yeah. Yeah. So it's role player, self, gamer, and mastery are the three kind of basic gamer types. Cool. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. probably what I do, of course. Well, what would you be? 
exactly what you got. Oh, yeah, yeah. probably. We're, more, we're interested in stories. Yeah. yeah. We just stuck them out of everything we can possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of got that feeling when you were talking about um, looking at the documentary footage in terms of the story that it was telling you. That but the, I, go ahead. But the arcade games it typically don't come with that much story. Do nope. you, Natalie, do no. you fill that story in when you play? Probably. I know my daughter does. She'll make up a whole story when she's playing her arcade games because we have a couple out in the garage. So she's like, oh, this one does this and this. And she's got a whole story for it. I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel. (laughs) Yes. There's some uh, old school games that have story like, um, you know, the Zelda series. Zelda, yeah. Metroid and yeah. Super Mario Brothers, even a little bit. There, I mean, there's some old old stuff too, but yeah. As far as the classic arcade, you are games, you are getting to the princess and you know yeah. the castle. Right. Oh, I was just gonna say your title comes from you know the storyline of Mario. <laughs> that was my favorite game. One, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mario was among my favorites as well. So fun, and they had like a princess character in what was it number two? You could be the princess. Yeah, yeah I yeah. love that. So um, she could fly. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Always that's an advantage. Favor. Yeah. No one ever wanted to be Toad. No. No. <laughs> toad. Well, I was trying to think if that's still true in Mario Kart. Like, if nobody wants to play. Uh, it's like Jar Jar Binks. You know, you're just left out. <laughs> He's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so, what are some of your favorite? Your favorite? Your favorite personal stories of, of gaming or your, your favorite experiences of gaming and it's sort of significance for you? Um, well, like I said, going, just going to the arcade, um, with my dad at a young age sparked. Um, it's probably the same with me as well. It like, just, like when we were kids, like boys and girls, there was no difference. We all went yeah. to the arcade. We all went to like check UTs and play games when we were turning. Five. It was just the thing to yeah, do. It, it was, was the thing to do. And it was, we all did it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, like when I used to go to shows, now I have kids, I don't go to shows anymore, but when I used to go to music shows, I, <laughs> um, it was the thing to do as a teenager, you know, or whatever, a young adult. And at the time as a little boy, I mean, I just went to the arcade or skateboarded. That was basically all I did. Mm-hmm. So. Well, then, I like what you said, Natalie, about, you know, like gender sort of disappeared at the arcade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think that that's one of the things that that I found and one of the things I try to continue to come back to we talk about on the show is how the achievements in game are equalized. There's an equality in gaming that for a lot of women, they don't find in other places in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. That, is, that just kind of, wow. That just talking about this, um, you know, go online and you see the, um, what is it? The, the, the dividing lines of, um, female and male and, and um, the discussions of it are even like when they're playing and you see them attack you, even if it's good, like, um, even men's, you know, supporting the women, you see them going to the women more than the men playing with men. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's an attraction or, um, if it's not good attraction, it's, you know, it comes with the bad too. So it's like almost any time a woman's on there, a guy prays for, um, the good or bad of it. And, Mm -hmm. And then when you're in the arcade, you kind of just, it's just, you're just there. Mm-hmm. Like you're live, you're having fun. There's yeah. no, no one's looking like, look at that girl yeah, walking here. That, no. is, yeah. that is true. That is weird. Yeah. Like, look at it. But yeah, you're online. You, you feel like, uh, like you're, um, you're invincible and you, you have these powers of, you know, of trolling and you're, you're hiding behind something. You're, you're not seen, you know, right. You have the anonymity of the yeah. screen to, to sort of protect you from actually having to face someone. Whereas if you were in the arcade and you turn around and you're like, Oh, Hey, yeah. look, it's a girl playing a game. You can't play. What do you think you're doing? You're not, you know, people aren't going to do that face to face. So juvenile. Yeah. Like, oh, you can't play with us. Right. Yeah. Boys club. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like it goes back to what you were saying about you know kind of the backlash and having people say you know what are you doing focusing on women in gaming, you know it, it goes back to that. It's like it's it's you know it's okay. <laughs> we can draw attention to this. It's not going to hurt anybody. I promise. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the women that were. Um have interviewed so far i mean we've had 50 50 one you know say that they enjoy or they don't get um bad feedback from playing with men or um and then you get the women that do you know Mm -hmm. and it's just it's hit and miss you know or you know a little mixture of both and it's not so bad but 
Um, you know, as a male, when I'm playing, I don't get women going, um, doing what men have been doing. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's just, you don't get the same treatment. You don't get the same treatment. Yeah. Like you don't have women going and that that's in the case for anything. It's not just gaming, but right. in, in the real world of, you know, getting yourself in, in any job, um, it just happens. And I think it just, uh, the male is just a, it's a bad species in that part of the here, here. Uh, of the way uh, the way we go about it. I guess it's not not every male. I'm just no. saying, right? You just don't get it from women, and not every circumstance either. You know, it doesn't it doesn't always go that way. But the number of times that it does, you know, makes it significant. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if a woman did it to me, I'd be it'd be like shocking. I'd be like, what are you? Uh, am I hearing this right? Yeah, with, with you guys, you you hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a normal thing, right? It's it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't say men walking into the you know hair industry or beauty industry is shocking. We're like, yeah, whatever. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, with um, your arcade background experience, and especially with working on the um, documentaries and interviewing so many people. Um, I'm interested to find out how you answer our, um, our, our, uh, trophy or what is it? We call it the question, um, signature, that's signature. it. Yes. Yeah, signature question. <laughs> I'm like, trophy, not um, for each of you and you, you have to fight over who has to go first, but how would you define a gamer? Okay. Um, that's deep. Let's see. I would <laughs> guess, well, you have to have that, uh, that, you know, I think male and female, I think it holds true is at an early age, you're just drawn to it. You just, um, it's like coloring, like a coloring book, you know, you, you, you're, um, it's almost like artwork. You, it's your canvas. What you're, you're kind of, wow, you're, you're playing the alien or you're playing this or you're, you're playing this. It's just, it's just something new. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's just an attractive thing that for anyone, um, just to get into. And so, um, at an early age, I think it just kind of sparks male or female just to get into a game that, it's just uh someone who has a passion i think it's the passion and Mm -hmm. and it just keeps going and and then the more games the development you're waiting for more and it's like you know you just have an interest for something and you keep going for it and you have a passion for it and you you can get competitive you can get creative yeah i think it's the competitive nature become something you're not or show what you are and you're striving for more yeah I think that gamer to me is it's a lot of those elements. I don't I don't think it's just one. Mm-hmm. Um, Multifaceted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. That's my answer. Well, into it. Wait. <laughs> Dave. Well, we really, really appreciate um, you guys, Natalie and Dave, for joining us today and being on the show. Um, we encourage everyone to go out and check out White Willow Films. And you guys are in the uh, Long Beach, California area. That's yeah. correct. We're in Los, uh, LA County. So mm-hmm. okay. yeah, we travel. <laughs> <laughs> so they, um, they do uh, wedding videography and freelance stuff. So if you guys need anything out in that area, be sure and look them up. And they've got demos and everything on their website. They're very, very nice. And yeah. we very much look forward to seeing No Princess in the Castle documentary and wish you guys the best of luck. Absolutely. Um, I, I imagine that it's it's grueling fun. Oh, yeah. It's Abs- a lot of every fun. minute. Every minute. Yeah. Through the exhaustion. We're, we're kind of doing the planning and the, um, the organiza- organization of, you know, getting what we need to do. But we're blessed um, with a crew this time, which is oh, very yeah, helpful. Oh, that's That'll nice. be nice. Yeah, people have come out of the woodworks like, hey, I'm a big fan of Video Crazy. We've met like some really great, wonderful people that are willing to help us out. Yeah. You know, and yeah, editors and cinematographers yeah. and lighting. Professional yeah. industry mm-hmm. folks have come out and, you know, they're lending another, hand. another thing we didn't put in here is uh, Jeff on Ward from another documentary that he's going to be helping us. He's the assistant director and he did the Space Invaders and uh, In Search of Lost Time. So, we have another person that's also did another documentary, and he's kind of helping us um, through that as well. And, and we've definitely learned from our last documentary what to do and what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. going to make a huge difference in how we approach this and how we film it. And we're just going to, you know, make sure that this is the highest quality that we yeah. can possibly. Yeah, I mean, we have do. we have awesome people working with us. Um, yeah, you know, PSP and Cat Vespera. 
Kenny Hardy, our, our screenwriter, and mm-hmm. then we have Jeff on board, and that person named Natalie Rossetti. She's all right, but throw her in there. Well, that helps. It makes a big difference when you have a, a group supporting you that's uh, just as enthusiastic as you are as well. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if you guys have to film in uh, North Carolina, be sure and drop me a line. I'll tell yeah, you if you stop in Portland, good. Oregon, let me yeah, know. Yeah, good. Get some good hot dogs. Catasper or... lives up there, so we'll be shooting up in Portland, Oregon area. So Nice. Oh, nice. cool. That'd be awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us on the show. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Thank you. For this summer, we've decided to do book recommendations based on your destination of choice. And we've picked three general destinations, the beach, the mountains, or international travel. Yeah, they're very general, but it's got your uh, sunny, want to take a nap, quick read kind of situation, your isolated mountain, lingering, long literature, and international might get you uh, some exotic flavors in there. So, Regina, what have you got for the beach for everybody this week? Well, I'm kind of focusing on romances for beach reading. Oh, yeah. yeah. As kind of lighthearted, you know, fun. Well, not fun. This one isn't necessarily fun. But <laughs> um, more lighthearted um, uh, kind of uh, sweep you away kind of stories. So yeah. I, I've picked... Um, the first in the Mortal Instruments series by Cassandra Clare. You've been reading Cassandra Clare, right? Yes. The uh, Clockwork series? Yes. Yeah. Clockwork. So this is A City of Bones, which is the first in the Mortal Instruments. And um, it's where our our hero of this series, Clary, C-L-A-R-Y, Frey, l- sort of learns about her um, abilities, let's say. And uh, learns who she is and learns more about um, sort of parts of her past that have been hidden from her come out in in this book and are discovered. So um, it's the first in the series of um, uh, this. uh, It's a young adult series, of course, because, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. partial to young adult series. Um, And it's probably my favorite of the series because I really like I tend to really like beginnings, I think. It's kind of just a thing for me. And yeah. yeah, and I and so I I, gen, I do tend to like the first like in a trilogy I, I generally like the first movie better the best like mm-hmm. um, Lord of the Rings The Fellowship of the Rings is my favorite movie um, that kind of thing so it's my favorite book of that and you know and if you are if you do have a long extended you know it's a pretty hefty book let's see here it's got do 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 oh she has paper I do I have a I have an actual book in front of me who knew that. not the preview of the next book it's got you know almost 500 pages so it's pretty hefty so um if you wanted to read the whole series if you had a long extended vacation at the beach you could you know delve into the whole series but you could definitely get started on the first one so cool yeah so what do you have for the beach um i actually thought i would go with a graphic novel Um, saga is uh pretty pretty big right now and I I'm always behind the curve especially in in graphic novels and comics Uh, but I'm kind of excited about that because then I know that the things that are extremely popular or have a a reputation I can pick those up and Mm -hmm. pretty generally know I'm going to get something really good and and Saga's been getting a lot of press lately Um, it is uh, sort of a, a sci-fi fantasy combination. It's a very unique story. Um, the It was the winner of a 2013 Hugo Award as the best graphic story. It's by uh, Brian uh, Vaughn and Fiona Staples. And it's two soldiers uh, from a, entirely opposing warring, fa- warring factions that get together, fall in love, and have a child, mm. and then are being hunted down. Oh wow! To return to as traitors. Geez, so much for a lighthearted fair for the beach, Rana. That's a graphic novel, <laughs> and it is adult. It's a it's oh, an adult okay. graphic novel. And um, I just started it, so <laughs> I don't know how heavy it gets, but the, I just started the um, the opening scene, and it was 
very, very intriguing. It's it's immediately captivating and uh, unique. Mm. And I think that's why it's getting a lot of press. The artwork is gorgeous, but it's extremely unique. And it's one of those where you can read 10 pages, take a nap on the beach, pick it up again, or uh, get you a digital copy. Mm. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about getting sand in the pages. Yeah. Yeah. What about for the mountains? For the mountains, um, I have a recommendation of my all-time favorite novel. This is the book that made me an English major, um, East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great... It's a great story. It's a great sort of meaty read. Um, Some heavy themes, you know, love and romance as well involved. Um, But the story of several generations of family and uh, lots of biblical references. I love Steinbeck just in general. I grew up not far from, you know, Cannery Row. And, you know, he writes a lot about very familiar settings to me. Um, And East of Eden is no different. Uh, But... Uh, the story has always sort of gripped me and been one of those that I continue to return to even, you know, I think it's, I think it's the one book I can say I've read the most, the most times ever. So yeah, definitely East of Eden. And it's a good, you know, kind of hunker down and read while you're, you know, hanging out in the cabin or, you know, after a, a hike in the woods or whatnot. So yeah. Yeah, that is hefty. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you for the mountains? Well, this is, um, I tend to go for the hefty books in the mountains as well, but this one's a little lighter. Mm-hmm. And the theme I'm seeing with my mountain books are, are are kind of spooky. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, sure. So I'm recommending World War Z by Max Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys haven't read it, it's been out a while. They've already made a movie about it. Yeah. Um, the book and the movie are very, very different. Um, I wouldn't say that that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually uh, really like what they did with the movie, but it's very different from the book. And Mm -hmm. the book is very enjoyable because pretty much every chapter is told from the viewpoint of a different person involved in the war against the zombies. And um, it's it's listed as an oral history, and it's Mm -hmm. introduced that way as an oral history. It's like, okay, this is the documentation of the research that um, this guy did of how the zombie war started, the failures and accomplishments, things that happened on the ground, and how things ended, um, which I think is a, it's a very unique, wonderful way, modern way of writing the story. So Interesting. Great one for the mountains, too. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot to think about and kind of consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What about international? International. Um, I'm. I have a. Uh, I'm going to give a plug for a friend of mine who's a novelist. Actually, um, his first book is called White Man. Um, his name is Tony D'Souza. Uh, we worked together at Shasta College a hundred years ago, um, and this his his was his first novel. He's written two others since then. Uh, but this remains my favorite, not in part because we were hanging out and spending quite a bit of time together when he was writing it. <laughs> so I have kind of a, a you know, a, a more more of a connection to this one than his other books. Um, but I think it's 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 an interesting one for international travel because although it's not autobiographical, um, Tony was in uh, the Peace Corps. And uh, spent a fair amount of time in Africa. And uh, these stories are sort of crafted from his experiences there. So although he is an American author, he is writing about Africa. And I think that would be a great conversation piece to have as you are traveling internationally. Um, And it's also... um, kind of written in short story format so each chapter is a story unto itself yeah which lends itself well to traveling just in general because you can kind of read it in digestible pieces as opposed to kind of getting lost in a you know in a full novel so oh yeah that sounds really interesting. yeah and it's really it's really he's really an outstanding writer um and uh really descriptive and a really interesting sort of story um that i think people would appreciate so yeah Cool. Yeah. So what about you for international recommendations? Well, my, my international recommendations tend to be um, about alternative cultures mm-hmm. or um, uh, uh, international experiences. So sort of um, opening up your experiences with what you're reading as well as where you're traveling. Yeah. And this one's kind of unusual. It's um, 
one I've recommended before is Tagana by Guy Gavriel K. Mm-hmm. And it is a it's purely a fantasy book, uh, fantasy story. But I like it. A lot of his are in series. They're trilogies. This one happens to be a one off. Mm. And that's part of the reason why I like it. But it's a good he writes really good, hefty, epic stories that have beautiful characters and uh, wonderful locales. And they're all completely um, original worlds with their own culture, their own politics. This one has a lot to do with um, magic and political intrigue, mm. which, if you know me, I do not like war stories or political intrigue stories. Yeah. and. This is um, extremely well done with some very good characters. And it just kind of takes you to another place. And, and if you're going internationally, I thought that would be pretty cool. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Awesome. He's got, a, he's got a lot. I've read a lot more of his stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they really take you away. There's, there are ones you want to spend time well, with. That's important for any vacation book to be mm-hmm. something that you can get lost in. Because you're, you know, you're, you're vacating your life, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if you guys have got a summer book recommendation, please let us know. You can find all of our social media contacts on our website, GameOnGirl.com. You've been listening to Game On Girl. I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can find me on Tumblr and Instagram or email me at Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And Twitter, I'm Row Room, R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And my Twitter is DocLiz with two Zs. Huge thanks to Natalie and Dave for joining us on the show this week. What a great conversation. So, so very excited about um, No Princess in the Castle. And especially when they're talking about, you know, the types of people that they're lining up for their interviews. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. You're definitely going to need to definitely check it out. So make sure to do that. Uh, do you have any cons coming up, Rhonda? I know you've got you've got quite a list of cons you're going to this, this summer. Yeah, but the um, I've got... One in June that I I talked about last week, and then I've got one in July, which is Congregate. Congregate, and it's a brand new con. It's the first one, first one of its kind in Winston Salem, North Carolina, um, which is very, very, very local to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's just a general sci-fi convention, but they're going to have some um, really good people, and I'm going to be participating in. Ooh, three or four panels. So, nice. uh, yeah, if you guys uh, want to see a whole lot of me <laughs> come out to congregate, uh, Game on Girl will be presenting and I'll sit on a couple of panels. Fantastic. So definitely yeah. check that out. Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks for listening, and until next time, game on! Game on!